0: This is The Room to Write in the Journey of a Story series, and my name is Colleen Getty, and I'm here with writer Rajani Laraka, and we're going to talk to her about how she writes and what she writes. Welcome, Rajani. Thank you very much, Colleen. Nice to be here. Uh, And we usually start out by sort of just getting a picture of, if you want to sort of paint a picture for us, what does you writing look like, sound like? Etc. Etc. et, cetera, et cetera.
1: Uh, So me <laughs> writing, I almost always write on my laptop. Um, but sometimes I write on my phone. Hmm. Um, I can be in any room in my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been known to write uh, in my car, uh, in parking lots, waiting to pick up children, um, in waiting rooms, uh, waiting for them to finish their music lesson or whatever it is they're doing. So pretty much anywhere at any time uh, I could be writing. That's,
0: that's generally me. Okay, (laughs) and I guess we should tell everybody you're also a doctor, in addition to being a mom, and in addition to being a writer, so uh, I don't know if you want to talk about the realities of trying to do three different things, and how you fit that in, and, you know, what the process is if you have a piece of writing, uh, how how long that takes when you that's not the only thing you get to do all day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yes, I'm a primary care doctor um, at MGH Charlestown, which is uh, part of Mass General, but it's in uh, a a part of Boston called Charlestown, and it's a wonderful uh, community health center. Um, So, in fact, I would say that it's actually great that I don't Um, that I have many things to do because it makes me probably more productive at each one. So when I'm at work, I'm really at work. I pay attention to my uh, patients. I, um, you know, get my messages, um, you know, interact with my nurses and stuff like that. And then when I'm done with work, I really do try to finish work at work and Mm -hmm. leave it there. Um, and then I come home, I usually have a couple of hours before uh, my children come home and the whole dinner process happens. So, um, that's when I try and uh, squeeze in some writing. And, uh, and then my children are older. So one is in college and one is in high school. So um, after dinner, pretty much, you know, one of them doesn't live with us anymore. And then the other one has lots of homework. So she goes <laughs> off and does that. And then, and my husband owns his own business. So he's pretty much working 24 seven. So then I, I have time after dinner too. Okay. And um, yeah, and those, so those days are, are good. Um, and sometimes breaking things up into, I only have a half an hour. I've got to accomplish something is better than just having hours.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, And so you have Midsummer Mayhem, which is coming out soon in June. Yes, June 4th. Uh, And that's a middle grade novel. Do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, where do you, where do all of a sudden you're a doctor, you're a mom, and now you're a writer. So how does that sort of happen? Has that been your whole life? Is that sort of a new revelation, the writing part? Or how'd that sort of come about? So I always loved
1: books. Like I read early and I just loved books, all kinds of books, you know, regular novels, comic books, um, cereal boxes, like just, you know, (laughs) random magazines, um, from when I was a kid. And, um, so I, I read all kinds of things as a child and I just, I, I loved them and I'm an only child. So I really felt like a lot of those characters in books were my siblings and my best friends, uh, in a way. And then um, when we would go, th- my family is from India, and when we would go to India over the summer, it would be wonderful. Sometimes we'd go for like two and a half months. Um, but my cousins, who were all around my age and wonderful, but they had school, <laughs> so <Right. laughs> I was I was kind of like, well, what am I supposed to do when they're in school all day? So I would go down to the local library there and read all kinds of stuff. Some of which was inappropriate for a kid my age, but it didn't really <laughs> matter to me because I was because I was like, okay, keep reading. Um, And then there are these books called Amar Chitrakata, they actually look like uh, comic books or graphic novels that that, um, show all these tales of Indian mythology and history. So I read all of those, and they were like a couple of hundred, I would say, and I was obsessed with them. So those kinds of stories actually kind of filtered into my subconscious, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. So then, back up a little bit, I was here in the U.S. going to school, and I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a doctor. So... Mm -hmm. Everything kind of led in that direction. But I loved English, and I loved writing in English class. And I remember um, in high school, I had a creative writing teacher who said to me, um, he said, you know, I know you want to be a doctor, and that's great, and you should. He's like, but there are lots of doctors who write, so check out these books. It was Richard Seltzer and, you know, William Carlos Williams and Oliver Wendell Holmes. And, um, and I did. And I was like, okay. So then I, in the back of my head, I think I kind of knew... Um, that this was a possibility mm-hmm. and he had planted a seed that would only come, you know, to fruition much later. Um, then in college, I did a lot of essay writing, um, but then medical school, like there was no other, there was no extra <laughs> writing. I couldn't even <laughs> There's imagine. No it. sleep <laughs> besides writing. Yeah, it was just, it was <laughs> a lot of, it was a lot of, you know, new stuff going into my brain and then residency even more so, just kind of working many, many hours. And then young motherhood, which as you right. no, overwhelming and exhausting (laughs) and you don't like, you're always on call. You're like, oh yeah, you're awake again. Here here Mm -hmm. I am. Um, so it wasn't until my kids were in, um, grade school and middle school that I came back to, okay, what am I going to do creatively for me? And, um, I was a big theater person in high school, but I was like, I don't, I don't think I have the time or, like, the energy to go audition okay. for things. <laughs> so, so I said, why don't I just take some writing classes? And so I started with some online classes through writers.com, and they were mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, and then I kind of focused in on, I think I want to write for kids, because those were the most memorable books uh, for me, were the ones that I read as a kid. Right. Um, so then I found some local classes um, at uh, Grub Street, mm-hmm. and that just set it all off because not only were the classes really interesting and kind of showed me the possibilities of what you could do with mm-hmm. writing but I met people and then we formed a critique group and then I had okay. people who were waiting for me to tell, tell them the next part of the story okay. and so that was, that was really the spark.
0: And so I mean I, I think that is um, sort of amazing in this day and age where you're supposed to be doing everything uh, online and you know uh, not in person. <laughs> uh, so uh, you, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about the importance of actually connecting with other people and, and sort of almost work in that um, the creativity. Like you talked about, you know, your your doctor and and a mom, and then there's sort of this. And I don't know if it's every single person in the world, uh, but I know for me, and, and it sounds like for you and a lot of creative people, it's like there's just this sort of gnawing that happens that you need to like there's some other way to express yourself so I don't know if you can sort of form all that into uh a few thoughts for us but uh yeah I mean I guess what I would say is that um for
1: both of my careers for um medicine and for writing to me it is all about human connection Mm -hmm. um and uh you know I'm a primary care doctor so I'm like everybody's mother so like basically (laughs) I mean but what but what I'm saying is that like when people come in And they talk to me. That is like to me. That is a sacred time, right? Right. Somebody comes in and trusts you with whatever is on their mind, and you just sit there and listen. And it may Mm not. I mean, we don't have very much time, but that's that is that is a connection that is so meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. So similarly, when I started writing, um, you know, I like whether or not the writing was good was never really kind of the question for me. The question was. Um, how do I share it with people and then get better at it? So mm. the in-person stuff was always very, very exciting for me. And then when you make friends that you trust because mm-hmm. you know they're, like you, you've seen their writing and you think it's wonderful and it's completely different from yours, um, then you can share um, in a way that is also meaningful because they can, they will. Um, appreciate what is what they think is good and then they will give you suggestions for how to make it better and right. um, and that is also sacred to me because it's um, it, it, you know in a way when we write we're bearing our souls right in a way that like um, we wouldn't otherwise do you probably wouldn't strike up a conversation about some of the things that we write about <laughs> just with a random stranger on the street right. but um, yeah so for me it is all about connection so the in-person stuff is very very exciting to me
0: right Uh, And so in going back to uh, your personal journey and you're talking about going over to India and connecting with your culture and those stories and um, how important is it for you as a woman of color to be able to share those stories and work that magic into your writing in a personal way and how important was it for you as a reader, as a young girl to see people that were from your culture and that you could identify with and I mean I think we talk about that a lot these days and how important that is and uh, so maybe you want to talk a little bit about that too.
1: Yeah I mean when I was a kid uh, growing up in the 70s and the 80s I grew up in Kentucky um, there were some Indian people in town I mean that were we were really good friends with but it wasn't like a huge community and I will say that everything I read didn't have Indian people <laughs> for right. the most part and Um, So, I read lots and lots of books about people who weren't really like me, but that was fine as far as I I was concerned because I empathized with them, I related to those characters, I felt like they were me and I was them. So I think that the moral of of that story is that anybody can read about anybody's story and feel like it is them and that is part of the point of why we write. Right. right is that we I give insight into people's see. stories okay. and everyone can go along and have this adventure with this character and learn something from it right. because because it's part of the human condition right mm-hmm. but i will say that um and then i went to india and read all those stories and they, w- i mean and they were kind of like fantastical stories for the <laughs> most part some of them were h- historical but fantastical and not really my reality either, but right. still very interesting and cool. And of course they came with pictures, which was, <laughs> you know, like half the battle. Um, so, but I will say it wasn't until, um, and then I read, um, you know, uh, The Jewel in the Crown and A Passage to India and all those kinds of older books mm-hmm. that were wonderful, but they weren't set in the U.S. and they weren't set like in modern day. So mm. they didn't, they weren't exactly what my experience was either. It was not until I read um, Jumpa Lahiri's w- work, um, *Interpreter of Maladies*, which was her first short story collection, okay. and then *The Namesake*, that I was like, which is a novel that I was like, okay, well, this is what it is actually like to be um, a South Asian immigrant here, and have right. all these kinds of feelings and thoughts and doubts and you know, sense of wonder. And she, it was so beautiful. But that wasn't until I was an adult right. that I read that. So. The answer is, <laughs> it's exciting to be able to share my perspective. And I, you know, I wouldn't say that everything I, so I, I, I think by definition, when you write, everything is from your perspective. So right. some, there's a little bit of you in everything that you write. Um, and I think that uh, one of my picture books uh, that is going to be published in 2022, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's fiction, but it's based, it's a story about a girl and her grandmother about going back to India and coming back here. And uh, it's called, I'll go and come back. And it was based on my relationship with my grandmother. And I have to tell you, I always thought of it as like a little, like a little story. Like that was just about me kind of personally and kind of the Mm. the feelings that I had. And once I got an agent and we sent it out to editors, I realized that it wasn't a little story that people felt like it was a universal story, even if they weren't from India, even if they weren't immigrants, that this was about relationships and missing somebody and um, feeling out of place. Right. And uh, how to make somebody feel better about that.
0: And I think that that's a lot of writing, right? I mean, and that's kind of what you're getting at as well, is that it's connecting with people Mm -hmm. in a personal way, um, which you don't necessarily do on just a regular going about your business daily uh, type of thing. So uh, maybe we'll circle around now. We're talking a little bit about your youth and now you're writing for youth. Yes. Uh, So maybe how did the story for Midsummer Mayhem spark uh, and grow and become an actual book and sort of what was the timeline and how hard was that?
1: (laughs) Okay it's a long timeline I will just let you know. (laughs) So I think I took my first online class in 2012 and um, I think I don't even remember it was just kind of like you know, one of the thi- the exercises we did was like, think of a bunch of ideas that you could potentially make into a story. <laughs> so I just wrote down a, r- a random selection of things. And the thing that I um, kind of sparked the story was that um, when I was a kid, like my dad didn't travel very much, but when he did, sometimes he was gone up for up to a week. Mm-hmm. And um, then he would come back and I, with an overactive imagination, would think, what if the person who came back wasn't actually my dad, but somebody who looked exactly <laughs> like him? And how would I know? <laughs> yes. that was awesome. That Great was like idea. that weird kind of kid. <laughs> so I would like have like a series of little tests that I would have, like only my real dad would know this and like he would answer <laughs> this the right way. So that was the seed of this story was, what if there was a girl and her dad came back from a business trip and he was acting weird and she was the only one who noticed. <laughs> and what would, it, like, why was he acting weird? And why was she the only one who noticed? And what was she gonna do about it? That was the beginning of this story. Wow! And then the other thing that kind of came into play was, I love the idea of imaginary friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, cause they can seem very real to little kids. And then I was like, what if there was an imaginary friend who wasn't imaginary? What if he was real? Mm-hmm. And then like, who was he and why was he there? And what was he doing? And then I was like, oh, and like, what if the imaginary friend like appeared in the woods? And then I was like, aha. So I'm a huge Shakespeare fan from like way back when. And A Midsummer Night's Dream um, takes place in the woods. And there are all kinds of people in that story that are maybe imaginary, but they're pretty real in the story. And so it all kind of came together with this. Mm. That and add in my crazy love of baking. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, how do you work that into the story? <laughs> I, exactly. So, so,
1: okay, so uh, what I would say, so the main character, Mimi, loves to bake, mm-hmm. and that's, like, one of her joys in life, and she's the youngest of four, and she's got three significantly older siblings who are all very accomplished at various things, and they're also kind of, like, always fighting. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the story, she's pretty much feeling invisible and like she's never going to amount to anything because she's got these really superstar siblings and how is she ever going to prove herself and then she visits a new bakery in town and finds out that they have a baking contest and she's like that's it i'm gonna i'm gonna enter this baking contest and if i win this baking contest i will finally prove to everyone that like i'm mm. cool too uh, and that's how the story starts
0: okay so that was like the perfect segue into <laughs> another question i have yes <laughs> which is you're a doctor. Yes. You're a writer. Yes. I, I, and I don't know if you already see this coming, but I totally see that as the you have the uh, so according to society what's uh, you know accomplished and what is expected of kids whether it's college or occupations and then you have the baker, the writer, <laughs> the artist who uh, may, wants to be able to do that passion on a professional basis, but usually they kind of have to prove themselves, win something or publish something or in some way be validated. They can't just go to art school or whatever. So you have a very unique perspective in, in actually living a very noble profession that is just traditionally noble and then a very well-thought-of profession if it becomes a profession by publishing, but usually it might be difficult getting there. So do you want to kind of give some insight on how people looked at both of those sides of you, the creative side and the scientific side, and how that differed. Oh, it's it's so
1: interesting that you asked that question because um, when you tell people you're a doctor, no one ever says, ah, you know, I always wanted to be a doctor. I have like some medical textbooks that are like (laughs) in my back room and every once in a while they pull them and Someday I'll get around to medical school and it'll all be fine. (laughs) Nobody nobody ever says that appropriately because it's crazy, right? (laughs) But when you tell people you're a writer, lots of people are like, oh, I've always wanted to write a book. I just don't have the time. I don't do this and I don't do that. And they play it down like anybody could do it. Hmm. But what I would say, I mean, I think this is just, part of this is just a product of our society, right? So what I would say is that everyone knows the kind of years of training sequence you have to go through as a physician in order Hmm. to become a doctor. But people don't really know the years of training sequence you have to go through as a writer. and you do. There, I mean, it does require a lot of investment of time. Nobody was born writing a book. Um, and I think that that's too bad that society kind of undervalues the amount of time and effort and thought you have to put into writing. Mm-hmm. But I would also argue that writing is a noble profession, that it takes courage to come up with something from your imagination and make it something tangible you know, on a screen or on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh so but w- so what i would say is that when people say oh i've always wanted to write a book i just say well you should do it because you can i mean you can right, right if you if you put enough time into it right. and you try hard enough but i would also say that like 99 percent of people you know won't right mm-hmm. so um so it's very interesting so when writers feel like society is not appreciating them um uh I think that they should be proud that they're trying and despite that. Um, and the other thing that nobody ever really wants to talk about is kind of like, how we measure success by money. Like, is it making mm. you money or not? Look at like mm. the most important profession in the history of professions, which is mother.
0: Mm-hmm. Nobody
1: ever pays you for that, <laughs> um, but it is most the most rewarding thing we can do. Right. So, um, you know, I think also I I would, tell people just to put the money aside like it's very easy to get wrapped up in all that like why am I spending all this time I'm not making any money right. you're you're doing something valuable right. whether or not the money is there yet
0: right uh, and I mean could you would you be able to make the connection of as a doctor you're saving lives in one way and perhaps as an artist you could be saving lives in a completely different way I mean do we discount that uh not quite as tangible and uh statistically proven way that you could possibly save a person absolutely
1: absolutely and um you know as a doctor we know that everyone's life comes to an end at some point right but the things that endure that we pass on are our children and books because You know, I like my favorite authors, you know, from my childhood, many of them are not with us anymore. And but those books endure. Mm. And um, there are always new people reading them and getting something new
0: from them. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so um, how come middle grade out of all the genres? You said you do picture books as well. But did you start out with a picture? I know a lot of times when we're talking to writers, they have several different projects, and did you just happen to pick this one up first? Do you have the picture book? Uh, you know, how, did, how does that whole <laughs> smorgasbord <laughs> work? Right. So this is my, um, my
1: first novel, okay. so I stuck with it through thick and thin. I, I first actually finished a first draft of this novel in 2014, okay. and it was not great, but that's okay. And then I took some time and I revised it in 2015, and it was still not great. <laughs> So I revised and, revise and revised and um, revised.
0: And did you revise on your own or with your critique group? Or did you have an my, agent at that point? Or how did that work? I didn't
1: get my agent until the end of 2017. So I okay. revised and revised with my critique group. I, I won a pitch contest at New England SCBWI, oh. having not actually written the book that I was pitching. Like It was, <laughs> it was still a work in progress. And... Um, So I was like, oh, great. Now I get to submit it to this agent and like, oh, I better write this. I better fix it so that it actually matches what I said.
0: Right. Uh, Yeah. And and to just interrupt there because we've never talked about pitches on here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you want to, I don't know if you remember your pitch or what you put into it or what a pitch is, if you want to kind of share a little more insight on what is a pitch, how do you write one? Right. Okay. So a pitch is...
1: um, a short statement to try and get somebody to want to read your book. And um, what I, the, the elevator pitch is kind of the quickest pitch. Like you're literally in the elevator with somebody that you want to impress and they ask you what you're writing. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't just tell them randomly. They should ask you. <laughs> so if they ask you what you're <laughs> writing, you can give them a one line or two line right. um, pitch. And the elevator pitch for Midsummer's Mayhem is um, an Indian-American mashup of A Midsummer Night's Dream and Cupcake Wars. So that's, that, <laughs> is, that is like the, hey, do you want to read that now? Right. Um, and then uh, a kind of a longer version of a pitch is what you would put in your query letter. So when you're, um, y- when you're uh, asking agents if they want to represent you, mm-hmm. um, you put a couple of paragraphs uh, in a query letter uh, that you usually email along with a few pages of your manuscript. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I will t- the, the general method that I used in my query letter, was called the hook the book and the cook so the hook is like what is the thing that is going to want to make them oh i need to read this book right which was the midsummer night Dream meets cupcake wars mm-hmm. and then um the book is like a very brief explanation of what is going on in the book mm-hmm. so um in this case it was this girl who wants to win a baking contest but whose dad is acting funny and he's a He's a food writer, so he should know food, but he right. can't tell the difference between delicious and disgusting anymore. <laughs> and she's like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, and then she follows music into the woods, meets a very interesting boy, and starts baking with him using ingredients they find in the woods. And then everyone around her starts acting even funnier. And so okay. she's got to figure out what's going on and somehow okay. win the contest. Um, so that was the book. And then uh, and the cook is yourself. And what I would say um, yeah, okay. in terms of, uh, you know, putting this in a query letter is um some people say like me i didn't have any um writing experience i had not published anything some people say well what's the point of like putting that in your letter it just gives you a little insight into who you are as a writer and why you wrote this book okay so um i mentioned that my family is half indian and half not indian and Mm -hmm. also that i live um, in concord massachusetts which is um the setting for this book only fictionalized
0: oh yeah that's really cool yeah and uh so you you got your novel yeah. you worked on it you critiqued it yes and then while you're doing that you're writing picture books yes. or you had those at the same time yep
1: i okay. i would write them um at the same time i had two different critique groups so a novel critique group and a picture book critique group and we just keep going and i got to tell you the, pic- the picture books that we've sold like i wrote them I-, I can't even tell you how many drafts i wrote over and over, oh. and, over and over and over again that's okay, because generally they're like 500 (laughs) words, so that's okay, (laughs) (laughs) like you can do that. Um, But, um, you know, and then more classes and more critiques with professionals, sometimes with Mm -hmm. agents and sometimes with editors, but also my critique group, and then you are able to hone it to the point where, okay, I think this is actually something that might be interesting to someone. But I'll also say that in the middle of all this, that just when you think something is done, You will get an agent and the agent will be like, great, let's revise it like this. And you're like, okay. And then even after you sell your book, your editor is going to ask for revisions. Like nothing is ever perfect, perfect. All we can do is get it to as perfect as we can (laughs) before we have to revise it for someone else. But it's a wonderful process. And it's actually comforting to know that it literally doesn't have to be perfection. Right. And
0: was that the original title?
1: Um. Yes, I think it always was *Midsummer's Mayhem*. I, I have to say that like for a long time, I just always referred to it as Mimi because that's the main character <laughs> in the book. And so like in my com- you know in my laptop like there are all these like Mimi with like a date after it. Um, and I don't know if you guys uh, if you talk about like writing programs like software that people use. So um, I used Scrivener to. Uh, okay. So I think it's called Literature and Latte is the company that makes it. It's a great program because it. Um, you can put an entire novel in there and you can put it in chapters and there's like a little, um, uh, like a cork board where you can have Mm -hmm. like a little index card with like a a quick summary of the chapter and then you can switch around the chapters just very, very easily. You just drag them as opposed to a giant Word document where you're like, I don't know where I am anymore and how am I doing that. So that was very helpful for me in writing, in drafting novels. Does that cost money? Yeah, I think it's like, I mean, they sometimes have really good discounts, but it was okay. like $40, like okay. forever. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so that was very helpful to me. Um, when I revise, I sometimes take it out of Scrivener and I put it into Word. You c- it, it can export it to Word or anything that you want. Okay. And then just seeing it in a different font in a different format means that I had new eyes on it. Mm. So, yeah. So, I mean, part of one of the tricks I've learned about revision is that you need to ha- somehow have fresh eyes. So mm. sometimes that is time. So at least a few mm-hmm. weeks yeah. w- of not looking at it. Um, and sometimes uh, it is like physically different. Like if you print it out or you print mm-hmm. it, you, you read it in a different font, it can just give you a new perspective on your writing. Um, and then of course, another human who's never <laughs> read it before. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely is a different perspective. So um, right. yeah, sometimes you're so close to your writing because you've looked at it for so long that you have no perspective. and just doing a couple of things to change it up can be very helpful.
0: Right. Uh, So I could talk for another hour (laughs) with you. Uh, We never have enough time. But I usually like to try to close with uh, if there's something sort of maybe you were hoping to mention or that you think might be an inspiration to uh, writers, young, old, or otherwise, uh, pick whatever you'd like to tell them and maybe something that was helpful to you to leave them with.
1: Yeah. So what I would say is I would just reiterate that writing is an act of courage and i would encourage people to keep doing it and that even though most of the things that i write are fiction the things that resonate the most with me and with other readers tend to have a kernel of truth so when you Mm -hmm. tell your truth but you tell it through fictional characters i think that's when the magic happens
0: Ooh, i love it All right. Well, thank you so much, Rajani. And I learned a lot about your book, but also just about the writing process, which is always interesting because everybody does so many different things. And uh, it's nice to know there's no one way to do it. Um, So if you'd like to uh, view any of these interviews, and if you are an author and you'd like to be interviewed uh, go to www.theroomtowrite.org, and thank you Rajani. Thank you.